This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and welcome back to our podcast. Tommy, let's do this. All right, well, today, in honor of the Olympics, which are currently going on, we decided to look at one of the more interesting, controversial Olympics that ever took place, and that was the 1936 Olympics that took place in Berlin, Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany, often referred to as the Nazi Olympics, but I didn't want to like title this episode Nazi Olympics because people yeah. would be like, wait, what? So <laughs> we're going to say 1936, you know, parentheses, Nazi Olympics, right? It's synonymous. 1936 Olympics, as much as you saw the rings that, you know, you, you associated with Olympics, you associated those rings and a symbol. I mean, everywhere you could look at, you know, 1936 Olympics, you have the swastika and the rings, swastika, rings, swastika, Olympic rings. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very Synonymous. strange seeing those things together. It's, well, it's difficult. It's different, I guess, for someone of our generation or someone now to look at it because, like, again, we know what happens in history, right? Yeah. People knew what the Nazis were then, but no one knew what the Nazis were truly going to be. Yep. In 1936. Uh, not the, well, I guess. Not to that extent. Not exactly. to the extent is what yeah, happened. Yeah. No yeah, one could have, was- I don't care what, you could have said, like, Hitler's going to do this, Hitler's going to do that. Yeah, fine. But not to the extent of what actually takes place. Yeah, this is three years before Hitler invades Poland and starts World yeah. War II. So not quite there yet. But there was already, by 1936, German policy towards, domestic policy towards Jews is already ramping up. A, a pretty, pretty, you know, ramping up is probably a, a an understatement to the extent that you have various nations that are actually protesting whether Germany should even have these Olympics. Well, yeah, we got to remember this is also the, how do they give it to Germany? They, it was decided to be given to Germany two years before the Nazis ever rose to power, right? So that's something that we also have to discuss here. So it was before Halif Hitler and the Nazis ever came to power in Germany is when it was already decided that these Olympics were going to be in Germany, and then as things kind of unfold. A lot, of, like you said, P. A lot of these countries are like should be should be changing. There was talk of moving it to Britain, moving it to Spain. Um, um, I think France also was petitioning. Yep. A lot of countries were petitioning whether or not even to go. So there was a lot of like debate and stuff like that. Absolutely. So today we're gonna again. This should not be a long episode. I think we're just gonna kind of talk about some of the interesting facts and aspects of the 1936 Summer Olympics that happened. By the way, the Germany was also awarded the 1940 Winter Olympics, believe it or not. Um, it didn't take place. It did not take place because, you know, Germany was already uh, taking over the world. So that never happened. But uh, as you mentioned, Tom, this is pre-Hitler where this – and actually that's the first controversy of the 1936 Summer Olympics because the host city um, – and since then, by the way, they've never done this – that – Berlin and Germany was one of the city. Well, Germany was one of the nations and Berlin was one of the host cities that was trying to get this 1936 Olympics. And the actual selection process took place in Berlin, Germany. Um, It was one of the 14 cities that was announced, you know, for the intention to bid to host them. And no one really knows specifically whether that had anything to do with, but it was a little questionable at least to the other nations that bid for it because spain bid uh egypt hungary argentina germany ireland um finland so on and so forth but it, it felt a little iffy that 
the city which held the actual selection process was the one that was granted. Well, yeah, well, that's not the point of this podcast, but if you really look and kind of do some research, the Olympic Committee, the Olympics is just full of corruption. Yes. I mean, you can, you can date animal. this yeah. back for years. I mean, that's nothing new. You're hearing about it, talking about it. Now, I'm not talking about just like athletes taking steroids or doping. It's just like how the committee, how they choose the bribes and stuff like that, yep. how it's how the host cities are chosen. It's it's There's always something going on. Yeah, but you have to understand too that the context of the time is that there was a lot of still, um, at least in parts of Europe, kind of, I don't want to say guilt, but in lack of a better term, almost guilt or like, all right, let's kind of give throw a, bo- a bone to Germany. Yes, I was going right? to go there. Because they realized what was going on with the Treaty of Versailles, how bad things were in Germany, how they were kind of mistreated after the First World War. So, all right, let's give them, the, it can kind of show them getting back on the world stage. This, But it was given to the Weimar Republic, not Nazi Germany. Not yep. Hitler. That happened. He raises the power after it's already decided. And actually, in, in you know, talking about the Olympic Committee, uh, in their kind of, I don't want to say defense. However, after Nazis took control in Germany and started kind of instituting some anti-Semitic policies, the committee started holding discussions um, amongst its delegates to try to figure out, like, should we take it away from Berlin? This is 1932. There was, there was talk, yeah. And because, because they were, at first, the uh, Nazis said they're not allowing um, anyone Jewish and any, any, any Africans. Yep, no Africans, no African-Americans. No one's yeah. basically black and nobody that's Jewish would be allowed yeah, to Yeah, no one's Jewish. And so a lot of countries said, all right, then we're not going. And then they kind of backtracked. They said, all right, we're going to allow it. Because they knew they, they wanted... They want. They wanted this to be the Hitler wanted this to be like Germany's world stage reopening, right? His proof of the Aryan race, his proof of all other stuff, but also his proof that Germany's back, and he yeah. wanted it to be bigger than the previous Olympics in 1932. He wanted this to be a massive event. Um, so he realized the only way that was going to happen is he had to make sure these certain these countries that say, all right, if you don't allow. Uh, people of uh, you know basically black or Jewish people there, then we're not going. So he allow, they allow it. Yep. There's one other interesting caveat here that I kind of came across doing research for this. So Barcelona um, in Spain, Spain was the runner-up to host these Olympics, and they lost. However, after Hitler came to power, there could be a whole other podcast of Hitler's friendly relations with with Spain, Franco, and all that, but. Before this, so the Spanish government was so upset by the fact that they lost, but also to counter this, like, hey, you know what? Hitler's Germany is anti-Semitic. It is bad, so on and so forth. They actually boycotted the games, and they organized their own Olympiad. Yeah. Did you see this? Yeah, it was known as the, the People's Olympiad, and it was running parallel during the same time. So it's happening in August 36. Uh, it's an event that's going to be held in Barcelona. And 6,000 athletes from 49 countries registered to be part of this People's Olympiad instead of going to the 1936 Berlin Olympics. However, the People's Olympiad never happened because the Spanish Civil War literally broke out one day before the event was due to start. And that's, that's, that's going to stop uh, Olympics from happening. Yeah. So anyway, um, overall, once Hitler is on board. He's actually very much on board with this. Like, he's like, this is great. I'm going to showcase to the world, obviously this whole Aryan greatness. But besides that, he also saw this as a really good opportunity to advertise his policies and of this Aryan race, his beliefs at Aryan race for the German youth. I mean, he saw this as like the German youth is going to look up to this, German ideal and all the posters in 1936 Olympics, you had this like Aryan blue eyes, 
uh, blonde hair, super fit German guy. The idea was like young people would be like, wow, look at that. In Germany, and we'll, we'll touch upon that, Jews were basically excluded and pushed out of competing in all of these events of, you know, for the national team. But Hitler's policies and his regime kind of used that to be like, well, see, like Jews didn't make it. Like they're not as yeah. good as the Aryans. This was supposed to basically solidify their claims of the superiority of the Aryan race. That that was this whole yep. ideal, right? That was, that's what he wanted to do. Broadcast it to the world. Yep. Also, the prior Olympics to this, we should mention, were in 1932, and they were in Los Angeles. And they were considered one of like the grand, biggest, you know, Big, most It was the biggest one. Well, yeah. It was the biggest one until this one. Exactly. And, and that was 37, the whole Yeah. You had 37 no. countries in 32, and then you had 49 countries in 36, which is like today you have hundreds of countries. Yeah, I forget how yeah. many countries are at this one, but there, you know, if you watch the Parade of Nations, it takes hours because of all the countries that are there. It wasn't the case back then. And out of all the countries, I think like I said it was 49 nations, only 10 of them won medals. Yep. So it was kind of dominated by just 10 countries, which we'll get to. We'll get to. Um, but Hitler wanted to outdo the U.S. You know, Absolutely. He, he, Absolutely. So he builds this 100,000-seat track and field stadium. He builds all these gymnasiums, uh, arenas. And then he also – this is kind of new because these are the first real uh, first times the games are really televised. Um, he makes sure that all of Germany, all this grand of not just architecture but as, as well as showcasing the German strength of, their, of its athletes – uh, is televised and it reaches 41 countries. I mean, this is the first official, like today. It's the first, it's the, the first televised Olympics, exactly. I believe, too, right? You put yeah. on, yeah, you put on the TV and you see it. But this was Hitler's idea, like, let's showcase Germany. And so, they did do some things that I was reading to kind of clean up Berlin. Like, they sent out people to go and round up all, like, homeless people or anyone of Romanian descent. They were, like, kicking them out and throwing them in concentration camps. They locked camps. them into – yeah, I was going to say they locked yeah. them in concentration camps while there's yeah. all these nations well, well, that are visiting. On, yeah, yeah. They don't know that all, there's actually concentration camps. No, they have no idea. And they're also doing things like a lot of the um, signs that said, like, Jews not wanted, all this, like, a lot of anti-Semitic anti -Semitic signs they took down. Because they just in, in the major tourist attractions, they just kind of took them down because they didn't want the – other city, other countries to see this stuff. Remember, this is before, you know, social media and internet and all their stuff. So yep. you hear rumors, but then they go to Berlin, oh, Berlin's a clean city. I didn't see any anti-Jewish stuff. Hitler might be saying it, but it might just be talk. These are just what things people are saying, you know? Yeah. Interesting enough, you probably came across this. Well, I was looking at the United States Holocaust uh, Museum. Um, they have a really good article on, on this, on these Olympics. And uh, the idea is that Hitler actually got rid of some of his top-ranked athletes because they were jewish yeah like he he basically risked not getting a medal in that particular event whatever it may be for example germany's top-ranked tennis player right daniel pren uh was removed from germany's team because he was jewish same thing for another jumper like he was very specific We're like nope you don't get to do this and when he got called out when hitler's regime got called out for this they did allow one swimmer i believe that was half jewish a German Jewish swimmer to stay on a team as like this token of like, yeah, see, we have Jews on our team. But that was again one of those like almost fake, hey, here you yeah, go. Yeah, just to just to kind of you know, silence the critics in a way. Um oh but we should mention that nine athletes that were Jewish um won medals at the Nazi Olympics. They were not German Jews. Um there were actually five Hungarians, um, 
And there was also some Jews from United States that went to Berlin as well. Yeah, but they were not there. Um, yeah, Marty Glickman and Stam Stroller, they were supposed to um, compete in the American 4x100 relay. Yeah, I, I read they that. Were that was intense. They were replaced right before the race by um, Ralph McAfee and, of course, Jesse Owens, which we'll get to. Um, basically because those two, um, there was a lot of debate at the time that um, Glickman and Stroller were, because they were Jewish heritage and that they were taken away because they didn't want to embarrass Germany which made mm-hmm. no sense why the United States would care about embarrassing Germany. And also African-Americans were also heavily disliked by the Nazis. It was basically Owens and, uh, and uh, Metcalf were basically just in better shape and they were better yeah. runners. They enough, already won Olympics by themselves. They already yeah. won a, a gold, several gold medals beforehand. Yeah, but it was this is an interesting quote because Glickman recalled like moments. Um, yeah, it was really right, right before, before the race. Yeah, like yeah. literally right before a race when they're like, ah, oh, you guys are not doing this. And they're like, wait, what? We've trained for this. Like they were actually the only two Olympians to go to the Olympics in 1936, these two American Jews that did not participate during them. They only they yeah, were there. That was their only event. That was their only event. Yep, that was the only event. Um, but apparently Glickman later said that before this race when they was found out that like, all right, Jesse's doing this. Um, coach went up to, to Jesse and basically said, you're doing this. And Jesse spoke up and said, coach, I've won three gold medals. Like I'm tired. I've had it, you know, let like Marty done, and Sam yeah. run it. Uh, they deserve it. And the coach apparently pointed his finger at Jesse Owens and said, you'll do as you're told. And again, this kind of goes back to, we're talking 1930s. This is black athletes. And they were kind of, you know, not kind of, they were. Yeah. basically discriminated against, against, against too. and yeah, persecuted yeah. against as well by even the coaching staff in the United States. Absolutely. Like you're doing this. Absolutely. Interesting. And I mean, and Jesse Owens, I, I guess we'll, we'll get to that a little bit, but yeah, so they're masking hostilities. Um, it's making everything seem really nice. So on and so forth. Um, and today we kind of remember 1936 Olympics as the Jesse Owens victories and embarrassment for Hitler. But actually this whole this whole Olympics were viewed very much as successful by the Nazis. Um, we well, see you know, it today. Some of the, yeah. And some right? of the things like, they oh, did. It was bad, but no. Yeah. They, they loved it at the time. And a lot of the things that they did, like the whole idea of um, the torch, the Olympic torch being started in Greece. That's a cool thing. Being, yep. being brought to the Olympic stadium and lit there that, you know, they always do. That started with the Nazi Olympics. Yep. That started oh, well, in that 1936. It's the... like grandeur to like out, outdo what the United States did in 32. Well, that's also because he was trying to prove that Germany in the Aryan race was a true Aryan descendants yeah. of like of, the, the of Greek the race. Yeah. yeah, the Greek race. Yeah. So um, they, they saw themselves as like the inheritors of the Greek culture, especially the physical prowess and beauty. So, um, you know, and again, Hitler talked specific, This is in 1934. So two years before the youth rally in Nuremberg uh, was very specific as to the ideal image of a German. And he said that, um, you know, in our eyes, the ideal German boy should be slim and trim, quick as a greyhound, tough as leather, and as hard as Krupp steel. Um, and the Krupp steel figure is kind of interesting. It's a Nazi invention. It was the company that was a big steel producer, but type of steel in, in Germany. That's what they made the actual Olympic torch from, was this Krupp steel. As you mentioned before, the idea is to bring it from Olympia, Greece, all the way to Berlin, and it, it touched seven countries. Uh, you know, as it was brought, as it was lit in Olympia, Greece, and its torches brought over. Again, this is something that happens today, but this is the first time that happened because Hitler was like, you know, it's just pure. It's coming from Greece to us. Um, now, in ironic, 
twist of events, the seven countries that it goes through um, become occupied by Germany within five years. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Which I thought was yeah. kind of intense. Kind of shows you what happens there, huh? Right. I know, right? Um, so I, I kind of looked into it. There's a lot of primary documents about this that kind of re- a lot of different German, as well as American, but a lot of German athletes that talk about this. One particular was Margaret Lambert. Um, she was Germany's highest jumper, the best jumper at the time. She received a letter in, in 1933 from her sports club um, that basically flat out said, like, you're no longer welcome here because you're Jewish. You know, how Hitler. Um, so they threw out of the club. Now, interestingly enough, the height that won the gold medal at the Olympics she jumped that height on a regular basis. Like she would have gotten gold, but but she didn't. Well, let's talk about the numbers here, right? The United States has a decent amount of people. It's the second largest team, I believe. Yes. The Germans have the largest Germans team. The number one, yep. So the Germans were the largest team. I believe they had over 400 athletes. And yep. then the second largest team was the United States. It was. I think slightly over 300. And the United States was kind of supposed we're not the United. It's not the United States of today. It's no. not. This is pre-superpower, pre-everything. I mean, we, it's, and it's also these amateur athletes. It's, it's very different. All the, the Olympics in general are very different than how they are today. We don't have these, like, some sports household names. These, that you just, like, run. That's just, like, your job is to be a runner or, you know, basketball and stuff like that. That's not the case, you know, in 1936. Nope. Yeah, absolutely. It's truly amateur. Yep. Um, and also, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, while at the time the United States – you know, there was a question at one point whether we should even bring all these athletes there because, yeah. as mentioned before, there is some pushback from Hitler. And this is pre-Hitler invading countries and taking them over. Um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, interestingly enough, and his administration as U.S. president, they chose not to get involved in a debate. Um, they thought that the tradition always allowed the U.S. Olympic Committee to operate independently of any government influence. So it was supposed to be about sport, not about politics. That was, and that's kind of that was the whole stance U.S. took. Yeah, U.S. took the stance yeah. of like, all right, like this is about sports. This is not about. We're not going to politicize this. Blah blah blah, so on and so forth. However, there were some Jewish um, athletes that were discouraged. Um, Jewish American athletes that were discouraged from uh, participating by different organizations in the United States. 1936 Olympics, notable achievements. There, there's, there's, there's few notable achievements here. Well, it's not. I mean, if you were in it and you won something, that's a notable achievement. Um, so. One that I saw that was kind of, I thought was crazy. I'm sure you saw this. Was the, um, what was it? Was it a soccer game? Did you see that? The Peru one. Yeah, the one with Peru versus Austria. Yep. All right. So they basically had this game, and what, what, what happened? Basically, um, Austria lost. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was so. Then Hitler says, "Okay, we are replaying the game," 
And they're like, we're not replaying the game. What are you talking about? And it happened for one reason. Hitler wanted Austria to win. It was Austria versus Peru. But what basically happened was um, the game's going on. Um, Hitler calls a rematch. So eventually Austria does win the silver medal. Um, Italy wins the wins the, uh, wins the the goal in, in soccer. It kind of like reaffirms how great Mussolini is, right? All that stuff. But basically Peru beat Austria 4-2 in extra time. Peru rallied from a two-goal deficit in the last 15 minutes normal time. But during the extra time, Peruvian fans supposedly ran onto the field and actually attacked an Austrian player. And as this chaos is going on, the game is actually still going on. And Peru scored twice during this time. Yep. So then um, Austria protest and then the – IOC, the International Olympic Committee, ordered a replay without any spectators. And the Peruvian government said, no, we're not going to do that. So they sent their squad home. And then Colombia supported them and also left and sent their yep. squad home. But imagine that. Like, I mean, they still like debate whether or not they even happened. Basically, Hitler was upset the fact that Austria lost. That's what it was. Um, so so he, apparently he was like really pissed off about this. Yeah. So he ordered like a replay. And like, oh, people jumped onto the field. Obviously, it couldn't have been that many people onto the field. But that's, you know, what the argument is anyway. Yeah. I thought that was like an interesting type of story. Some of the stuff I was reading from like firsthand hand accounts, accounts, they said it was like really odd and weird. It felt like Hitler's presence at the Olympics was very freaky. Like you always had people saluting and doing a Hitler salute. Well, that was the thing we got to talk about the opening ceremonies, right? With France, like right? When France with... does it. Well, they because said France probably didn't do it. Because it was the Olympic salute. And since it's, it's, yeah. it's been discontinued since then, because it was too similar to the Hitler salute. But yeah, because slightly, when the French team, different. yeah, but if when the French team went by, they did this salute, which was like a very, I think it was a different arm. It was different. I think you yeah, a different angle, slightly different angle. Slightly but different um, angle. but it looked like Hitler salute. So when the French team went by and, and did that towards uh, Hitler, the idea was like, oh my gosh, like they're saluting. And the Germans apparently the, the crowd erupted in like. Cheers, because all this shows like the French are supporting Hitler, they're supporting fas- yep. fascism, and that wasn't the case. Nope. Most of the other, t- most of the other teams did not give the Nazi salute, or they just looked away. So that's like the United States, Great Britain, they just looked the other way. Yep, and then, so by. and so and that was actually part of the, what the French were doing. It was part of like the Olympic salute, which you know. Yeah, that's what they've been saying. But then the Nazis spun it to say it was the other way around. Yeah, it was the, the Nazi salute. They were supporting Hitler. All right, what, what else do you have from some interesting things that happen here? Well, I guess, obviously, at some point we have to get into um, Jesse Owens, right? He's probably yeah, like, if you think 1936 Olympics, you think Jesse Owens. Of course. You want me to do it? You're going into it? Where are you we going on it. here? You could do Jesse Owens. I mean, you're All right. right. Well, I'm not, I mean, this, is, this, is, this isn't like a biography of Jesse Owens, obviously. There's something cool about, that happens with Jesse Owens here. Well, there's because, a lot of cool things with Jesse Owens. But. Well, obviously. But the one thing that happens that's cool is the, the German guy, right? This isn't a German guy that yeah, was going uh, against the, him? Um, for the uh, long jump, I believe, right? Yeah, he like what? They basically, well, he gave him, he gave them. Um, I don't think they disqualified. It's different things, but they basically, he was, he was, he didn't do a very good. He almost didn't qualify. Jesse Owens, right? Yeah. He had to qualify for the finals, and then the um, German, I can't remember this guy's name off the top of my head, but he actually um, gave him like pointers and said, "No, this is how you have to do it. You know, you, you have the ability if you just kind of like." Did this stutter step and then jumped instead of like you know doing the longer stride or whatever, and it actually worked. And then Owens wound up winning the uh, gold medal in yeah, that event. Which is kind of cool. He so won he won four, four gold medals in total. Yeah, in the sprint and long jump events. Yeah, that was his German competitor was uh, Lutz Long. He offered him advice after he almost failed to qualify the long jump, and he was actually later on awarded. Um, long was actually awarded a, a medal for sportsmanship later on That's because cool. when uh, way after the Olympics because of uh, what basically happened. That's crazy. But Owens basically when he comes in. 
and he wins these events, um, it's always uh, this show that, you know, they um, shatter the myth of the Aryan dominance supremacy. Of, of the Aryan supremacy. And that was what the, the um, that was what the United States basically spun with it. But if you look, I guess we'll get to now, at the total medal count of the Olympics, I'm not saying the Aryans were better. The Germans had the larger team. It was in their home country. I saw Hitler kind of restarts games if he doesn't like how it ends. But um, the Germany did win the <laughs> most total games. Like how it <laughs> um, uh, Germany did win the most total medals with eighty nine, and the most good. gold medals with thirty three. In second for both of those, United States with twenty four gold medals and fifty six total medals. So yeah, have, um, I mean, Germany rocked these Olympics. So they did win most of the events. But if you look, they a lot of the events they, a lot of the events that were used were also events when Germans typically did very well at the time. Like um equestrian, you know, like the horses and stuff like that, cycling. So it was a lot of events that the Germans tend to do well in where they had like a lot of events in that. Yeah. So they again it was kind of skewed. All right, let's see I'll make sure that we do well here. The New York Times reported that the games put Germany back in the fold of the nations and that if basically the whole it, it was it was reported positively for yeah, the most part. That, like Germany did great here, and I don't mean just sportsman wise. I mean like just hosting as well. And even there's the, also the, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm saying the New York Times article even said that the whole event made Germans seem more human again. Um, you know that there's some hope to that peaceful inter would endure because of what Germany and how you know did and how well they put this together. We gotta feel positive, I guess. Not knowing again, we can't judge it. We can't say that sort of thing because we know what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd yeah. mention Hitler's name, you see a Nazi flag, you're like, oh, you know, that's it. You it's know just, what I mean? There's, there's nothing positive that's going to come there. But yeah. back in 1936, hey, maybe he says these things, but how much does he mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess yeah. I'm trying to just try to put myself advocate. in the in, the, in devil's advocate, yeah. put myself in those shoes. But you want to be hope. No one hopes a no one wants a world war to start. You know? Yep. 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 But there's always that talk that too that Hitler like shook hands with Jesse Owens and stuff like that. That never happened. Nope, I saw that. It never That's happened. always kind of like it's one of those like kind of what we talked about like last um, on one of other podcasts about like the fake the, history, um, fake history or the misconceptions yeah. of history. That never took place. He never shook. He never shook. He was angry as anything that Jesse Owens was winning these. He doesn't nod right the guys fast, but he even said in future Olympics, African Americans or really anyone of anyone non-Aryan should not be allowed to even to compete. Yeah. So just keep that in mind too. It's not like he was he he Hitler you know was won over by Jesse Owens' speed or anything like that. No, he, no, not at all. And interestingly enough, uh, most African American newspapers supported the participation in the Olympics. Uh, the Philadelphia yeah, they were like, Tribune. They were the just Chicago like, let's just go and do it. Yeah, exactly. They they actually agreed that black victories would undermine the Nazi views of Aryan supremacy and, and spark some form of like a renewed African American pride in the United States. 1936, and people are, are talking about how Hitler is persecuting the Jews and discriminating against the Jews. Again, this is pre-Holocaust, but discriminating yeah. against the Jews and, and mistreating them and kind of withholding them, their rights, and telling them they can't do certain things. I mean, this pretty much is a mirror image of what's happening in the United States with African Americans at the same time. It's almost ironic in a sense. Interesting, nonetheless, that that also came up during this time from some German press that the United States is almost hypocritical if they are here, are, here are they yeah, cheering and everything for the for these African Americans and then when they go back to their home they don't even they don't have you know they're not treated well. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
one other thing that is was actually in the news lately, um, and it was in the news because I believe it was this week or last week, a 13-year-old skateboarder uh, from Japan, Nishia, became one of the youngest gold medal winners ever at the Olympic Games, and she did this um, in skateboarding, which, again, that's a fairly new Olympic thing. However, she's not the youngest because the youngest actually happened during these Olympics. And at the age of 13, Marjorie Gestring, Gestring, Marjorie Gestring became the youngest female gold medalist of all time. Um, she was from California, and she won the Olympic gold medal in 1936 uh, Germany for a three-meter springboard diving. Youngest person to ever win gold medal. And still the um, – yeah, so kind of cool. Um, I know there was a young um, Bashin medal this year. I forgot what she was. She was a ping-pong player. Did you see that? No, that's cool though. I was like, I forget what she but was, but she was very. I she's very. I think she was twelve or thirteen. But she, she didn't win a medal. What else? Anything else that kind of pops? Well, in? I saw that was interesting. Was that the Olympic venue that the, that the Nazis built um, to hold a hundred thousand spectators? It still stands today, and actually, it hosted several World Cups, which I was kind of like, almost like, wow. Like I've seen like pictures of it from like um, 2015, 2018, and it's just like. So this is the same stuff. Oh, they they updated it and stuff, but like it's still there. Like and this is the same stadium where like, you know, Hitler watched the Olympics in '36, and now it's where people are going to watch soccer today, uh, football. I'm sorry, am I calling it wrong? Am I going to make it? Uh, <laughs> no, no, you're okay. You're okay. I'm allowed to call it soccer. Yeah, you're allowed to call it soccer. We're okay. So it's that sort of things. And and the um, Olympic Village that was built is actually during World War II. It served as a um, hospital for wounded German soldiers, and then the Soviets took it over and they turned it into a military camp. For the next 50 years. The guy that ran that whole uh, village, um, Olympic Village, year after he committed suicide because he was fired. He was like a higher ranking official in the German military and they kind of tasked him with running it. And he did a great job, but afterwards he was fired because he was half Jewish. And he wound up committing suicide. I, I can't think of anything else. You got anything else? Well, again, this was one of those Olympics that we just wanted to talk about. Um, it's it's obviously we could do much more detail with Jesse Owens. Basically, wanted to give people just a, a kind of a brief overview of this Olympics, um, with you know with the Olympics going on now, and the fact that it really it was really seen as a I don't want to say positive, but a success at the time, not knowing what happens three years later. And in both sides, the German used it as propaganda on their side. The West with the United States, you know, Great Britain, France, they used it as their propaganda. That you can see, you know, we're trying to just, just say just the facts here, but it was skewed on both sides saying, no, it is, we prove that the Aryans are not the best. And the Germans are saying, no, we prove that they are the best. You know, like they, there's just nothing was really decided. And I mean, after this is also kind of important because Olympics take a break after this. Oh, yeah, you don't have them for a while. Yeah, and the Soviet Union was not involved at all. I guess we should have talked about that. They yeah, I don't they think were they, were, not. they weren't even invited. But they also they didn't really they don't start entering the, the Olympics again until the the nineteen fifties. Um, yeah, because then they see it as a way of like propaganda, and that creates a whole other you know yeah, uh, controversy no, and everything like that when they yep. when they start going in. But um, yeah, this, they're not even they're not even involved in this one. Stalin is not sending people to the nope. to Germany. So if these are final Olympic games for for twelve years obviously due to the disruption of the second world war the next olympic games were held in 1948 three years after the defeat of germany um and they were the winter games and they were in switzerland and then the next summer games were in london i don't know i did see one more thing it was very human uh i guess kind of just wrap it up 
um, at the opening ceremony. Did you see this when they released all the pigeons? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. That's a funny. So story. They, they released twenty five thousand pigeons, and um, so it was literally pigeons everywhere. And as they circle overhead, they also shot off a cannon, and that scared the pigeons. So the pigeons basically pooped, and um, it pooped all over the crowd. Then you could hear the splatter on all pieces on, on all of them and stuff like that. And it got in people's hair. It got all over. It was just a mass yeah. of droppings everywhere because they decided, oh, there's 25,000 pigeons. That's awesome. They shoot off some cannons to like also signal the beginning of the games. But they didn't wait till the pigeons flew off. It just spooked them all. And they all just went to the bathroom all over the place, all over the crowd, all over the athletes. Yeah, they said it, it was actually so loud, so many pigeons pooing that you heard the sound you of hear it hitting. You hear it. Like, Kidding. boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. I can't Imagine that. It. Oh, my God. 25,000 pigeons is all. So talk about finishing mm-hmm. on a nice, uh, you know, light note here. Um, this is, like I promised, a, a nice short podcast on the Nazi 1936 Olympics. I got nothing else. I thought this was pretty cool. I mean. You always again, say cool again. You got to be I careful know. saying cool. I mean, you can't say cool it. when it comes to certain like Nazis thing. and cool should not be in the same. Yeah, sentence, no, right? no, they're not. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, to everyone out there, thank you so much for once again tuning in. Uh, we absolutely love all the feedback we're getting, and and it seems that people are really enjoying this little uh, podcast that we got going here. And we're you know we're just we're chugging along. So if you guys need anything, please feel free to contact us at historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. And that's it for me. So everybody enjoy and I hope you have a nice week. Stay safe, everyone. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.